Hey guys, welcome to episode 26 of the Dash Cover Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dash, along with my co-host, Mr. Drew Agnew. What is going on, Drew? Not too much, Dash. Uh, we're back here on the uh, Dash Gamer Podcast. Really looking forward to getting into it. Yes, sir. Um, I would say that six weeks ago when I was last on feels like forever ago. <laughs> and, you know, it, it does feel like forever ago. So does it really? Yeah, yeah, it feels like a long time ago. Usually time goes really quick, but yeah. I don't know. 2020s um, Stop that still rubbing, rubbing off on yeah. 21, I think. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I felt like it was just yesterday that you were on. Everything's moving really fast for me at the moment this year. We're already in April. Um, yeah. I feel like every day is just a rush right now. And that's okay because I'll, I kind of like that because it means that I'm doing things. Uh, you know, I'm not just sitting around and, uh, you know, being stagnant in my work and or being complacent. So, mm. you know, for me, it, it, it feels like yesterday that you were on. But in between that period, uh, we were just discussing before the show that you got married. And I was like, oh, yeah. man. This baby's got a fucking ring on his finger now. <laughs> uh, but by the way, congratulations. Um, it, that's it, really exciting news. So uh, good on you. Uh, congratulations yeah. to you and your wife, man. Yeah, thank you very much. And I think that's probably why, um, you know, that and a few other things that have been going on in my life just makes it feel like, you know, there was a lot of sort of planning and a lot of stress and, you know, yeah. your typical stuff involved with that. So I think that's what made it feel a bit longer but yeah. i'm sure the rest of the year will fly now and when, when we get to christmas time i'll be like where the hell has the year gone like the rest of you guys well let's talk a little bit about what's going to be happening this year with all the news that has come out this week guys if mm. you didn't know this is the dash gamer podcast it's our bi-weekly gaming podcast where i get to get together with the boys sit down and talk about all the latest in the world of video gaming don't forget to follow us over on soundcloud itunes and spotify give us those cheeky five star ratings they surely help us out and also catch the vad over on dashgamer.com and on youtube subscribe hit that bell give us a like leave us a comment it surely helps us out quick shout out to everybody who's been watching us on youtube Numbers are still going up. I'm so happy that people are actually engaging with us on YouTube. Please keep commenting. Leave us those feedbacks. Give us those questions. We love reading them. Um, and it's been great just to kind of get that feedback. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Drew, I'll ask you first. Any housekeeping, any news, any new episodes of The House of Mario? Uh, no, nothing too much. Just uh, rolling on with The House of Mario and Nintendo podcast. If you're into Nintendo stuff. Yep. We've got a home for you at The House of Mario. That's it. Go to thehousemario.com. Uh, check out the House of Mario over on all good post- podcasting services, much like uh, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, for dashgamer.com, it's been just a, a bit more of a slower week than uh, usual. I've been trying to catch up on work and obviously play games at the same time, and a lot of stuff's happening. So, uh, what we have out right now The Legend of Heroes tra- Trails of Cold Steel 4, thanks to the kind folk over at Bandai Namco, supplied the review code on that. They also supplied Saviors of Sapphire and Strangers of Sword City Revisited. It's a bundle pack from the same developer. Once again, thanks to the Bandai Namco on that one. Operation PlayStation Episode 32 is now out with myself and Patch, so make sure you guys check that one out. It takes two review. Uh, I sat down with Mr. Ryan Betson and played through the game. Thanks to the kind folk over at EA Australia for that one. Um, also, an opinion piece is now out. Where is Tekken Cross Street Fighter? An opinion piece by myself. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> I know. A bit random, but at the same time, yeah. where the hell is that game? So uh, That's that's nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's stuck in development hell. That's where it is. Mm. But I, I go in, uh, in depth and discuss uh, where... 
uh, or why it may have been cancelled or shelved or anything. So make sure you guys check out that one. Uh, my Old World Soulstorm review uh, should be live by the time this podcast goes out. So make sure you guys check that one out. And on Thursday, our Outriders review. I pushed it back a week or so because we I was having some login issues uh, at the start. The, the game was having you know some some server issues. Everybody was just basically congregating and flooding towards the servers, trying to get on at the same time. So really yep. having some login issues there. But now that's been solved and the game's fantastic. So make sure you guys check out uh, our my full written review on Thursday. All right, Drew, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the news. Uh, so the first bit of news comes by way of Brody Gibbons over at Press Start, who says Xbox is apparently trying to seal the deal for Hideo Kojima's next game. Uh, this is a big one. According to Jeff Grubb at GameBeat, Xbox is in talks with Hideo Kojima in regards to publishing the next title from Kojima Productions. Although not finalized, the deal would be a part of Microsoft's uh, plan to leverage Japanese talent and wrestle back some market share in that region. Uh, Grubb shared the news, which comes from a source familiar to the matter, as part of a piece detailing that, despite rampant speculation that new, newly announced abandon isn't, a secret Kojima project. Uh, Grubb actually uh, tweeted this because as, uh, as I explained in the story, Kojima is in talks with Xbox to publish his next game. Uh, he goes on, uh, Gibbons goes on, it isn't clear what form Kojima's successor to Death Stranding will take, although hints towards a deal have been hidden in plain sight, just as the Series S was uh, there for the world to see. <laughs> Phil Spencer recently had the Ludens uh, action figure perched on his shelf behind him, a sly but deliberate nod to a to potential talks between Xbox and Kojima, and it is right there on his shelf. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> I'll begin by saying that yep. while... You know, uh, this has happened in the past with the Xbox Series X and being perched on the shelf as well behind Spencer in other interviews and everything else. He had it hidden hidden there for like almost a year. Um, I, I don't know. See, here's the thing. Like, money talks. And this could potentially lead to Kojima becoming part... Like, there's been a lot of arguments and speculation stating that no, Kojima could never become part of Xbox or Kojima Productions could never become part of Xbox Game Pass or Game Studio or anything like that. That is now void. That is now nullified by the fact that we have MLB The Show 21 on Game Pass or coming to Game Pass. A PlayStation yep. Studios <laughs> first party title. Any argument can be any argument can be now basically put into the negated pit. Like, it's just basically like, yes, there are, there, there is, it's quite evident there are conversations being had between Spencer and Kojima and the Luden statue being uh, present on his shelf says so. Um, with the fact, or, or, you know, he could be just a big fan, but at the same time, that that's that's a nod. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, what, what, what are your <laughs> thoughts, Drew? Um, I'm, I'm not like a massive uh, Kojima fan. Obviously, I've got like a, a lot of respect for his work and he's one of the most legendary game developers and producers in the in industry. And I think it's really exciting that Xbox is reaching out to him because um, it shows that they're really taking it seriously, like Japanese cre uh, creators on Xbox because Xbox has really just lacked a lot of, uh, I guess, Japanese creators and uh, Japanese um, games on their platform. And uh, with like the news that we talked about a month and a half ago mm. uh, on Dash Gamer where we actually talked about um studio japan um from sony disappearing 
Yes. And we've sort of seen it in more recent times as well, like with uh, the article from uh, Jason Schreier coming out that, you know, they're focusing on big blockbuster titles and they're sort of moving away from the, the weirder, more niche, smaller type of games that they were very well known for making. So it does excite me that they are reaching out to someone like Kojima, which is like, you know what, this game isn't going to be like, like necessarily the massive, the most massive thing. Like Death Stranding didn't move the needle for like the casual PlayStation fan who's out there getting Call of Duty and stuff. Mm. Um, like they might have hoped with something like Metal Gear Solid. But um, I'm just really excited that um, Japanese content is taken really seriously on Xbox because I've, uh, I've I'm really rooting for Xbox this generation. I think they're doing absolutely awesome things and they really are shaking up the industry in positive ways for the most part. We'll see how um, Game Pass does affect uh, development on um, games with like this brand new sort of uh, um, system that uh, developers get paid on. Yeah, the, 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 but, a subscription-based service has always been questionable because it's a fixed yeah. payout and uh, it, for, for development teams and publishers. Not necessarily, uh, you know... Uh, a, a diverse income for for Xbox themselves. They're pretty much on a fixed structure that okay, you pay ten bucks yeah. and you get a library. Um, it's great for us though. So. Oh, fantastic <laughs> for the consumer though, no doubt. It's, it's, it's an attract. Yeah. It's an attractive offer. And the thing is, like having having access to uh, the library that they have there, it, it really does. And I discussed this last week with uh, Paul on Operation PlayStation. It really is pitting. PlayStation into a rock and a hard place, essentially with PlayStation Now, where that yeah. service is pretty much dead. Like it's dead in the water. Nobody's using PlayStation Now. Let's face fact. It, 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 they are there using it because they want to play some retro games, but at the same time, barely anybody's using that platform to play their retro, their retro PlayStation One or PlayStation Two titles. They are using yeah. emulation on PC. And we can't even play it here anyway in Australia. So yeah, exactly, it's an old point for us. <laughs> exactly, it's uh, it's you can't use it here because of our internet because it's a streaming service, which yeah. is which is kind of confounding because you would have thought that something like that would run a subscription based service where you can have access to those retro retro titles, um, but that is not the case, and it's still really confusing how they haven't fixed that, especially considering that Games Pass is pretty much dominating. Uh, the gaming scene right now, like who would have thought? Who would have ever, who would have ever thought? Regardless whether it was uh, MLB themselves pushing Sony's hand here, a PlayStation yeah. game <laughs> is now part of Xbox's library. You know, and and there were a lot of arguments to be made, and I understand there've been you know a few podcasts out this week um, stating, oh look, it's not going to do anything or impact, it. including ours. Paul said this it's not going to you know push push anything. Yep. I'm in the belief that it will. I'm in the of course, of course it will. I'm in yeah. a firm belief that this is going to open more portals for conversation. Yeah. Well, I guess just on this topic, like yeah. I've never played MLB the show in my life. I'll be playing it for the first time through Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. You know. So that's I think that's just proof in the pudding just with at least me. And I know like plenty of other people probably be in that aspect too, but um, as far as like the Hideo Kojima thing goes, yeah. I think um, actually ha like Xbox being able to say, hey, we've got a, you know, legendary uh, game developer, Hideo Kojima. Um, he has an exclusive title only on Xbox through Xbox Game Pass and, you know, also on PC as well. That is just a massive get along with their Bethesda, um, you know, in-house in stuff, whether it's Halo, Forza, um, 
all, all of that type of stuff. I think it's just going to really, once they're all fire, firing on all cylinders, I reckon it's going to be a really, really impressive lineup if they can really sync that stuff up to um, come out at sort of a, re- a regular click. Do we see Death Stranding on Game Pass? Um, no, because I think Sony owned the IP, I think. Mm. But... It's been yeah. released. Well, it was released, I believe, through... Hmm, that's a good question. I, I I believe it was released through a third party on PC, though. Yeah, 505 published it on PC. There you go. Um. But I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably it probably won't. I think um yeah. Sony does hold the keys to that one. Well, look, it'll be an interesting situation when it does come to light whether or not mm. uh, Kojima next. Well, look, let's let's face fact. They've been talking. We know. But it's just like one of those things right now that we can only speculate and we can only assume by what we're seeing. And if based on that assumption that they have been, this is going to be industry. Shaking. This is going to move a lot. Like a PlayStation are going to be got, uh, basically smacked in the face. They're going to be like, listen, oh, yeah. we've got Kojima now, and that's going to be a massive problem for PlayStation. <laughs> you know, so. I can imagine like Xbox publishes game and PlayStation like brings him back for the next game. It's like this. It's like a toddler um, fighting over a toy with like someone else, just like pulling it backwards and forwards, trying to yeah. trying to get it. It's like, no, he's mine. No, he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Drew, talking about the two platforms that you love at the moment. This one comes by way of Comic Book Gaming. Uh, who's uh, this is Mark Deshams at Comic Book Gaming, who says Xbox cross Nintendo announcement teased by insiders. Now, what's funny about this is that it was leaked by somebody I know personally. Uh, this person actually worked with my my mum at uh, at a workplace, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, okay. But and, and and he's a good bloke too, um, even though that's not his actual name. Uh, a new rumor, yeah. a new rumor suggests that Nintendo and Xbox will make an announcement later this year. The rumor was shared by Nick Baker. Oh God. Wouldn't you like to know? On Twitter, the co-founder of XboxAero.com. Uh, the post appointed uh, to an April 9th gay mess video from Jeff Grubb. Uh, in the video, Grubb discusses a Phil Spencer photo that many interesting items on the shelf in the background, including a Nintendo Switch. Uh, that can be seen at an, uh, on Reset Era. Uh, yep. In the video, Grubb stated that, quote, everything on Phil's shelf meant something incoming, end quote. Uh, readers should take that with a grain of salt, but it will be interesting to see if the two companies are indeed planning something. Uh, the tweet Baker, uh, the tweet from Baker, can be found embedded below. And uh, Nick says on Twitter, arguably the only person I've seen so far get it and understand the con- <clears throat> understand the connection here and how this all came about. The tweet that he was responding to says, Jeff said, "quote Everything on Spencer's, oh, everything on Phil Spencer's shelf meant something incoming." To which Ed said. Which means, quote, well, the truth is out. The Nintendo Switch on the shelf indeed meant something, and it's going to be revealed in the fall. What are okay. You, what the hell are they doing? Um, don't know. I haven't really uh, been keeping up on this story, but just from what you said, I, I, I would assume it wouldn't be anything too big. I reckon it would be like another Ori, Will of the Whips mm-hmm. you know, type of port, a game that they typically publish come the Switch. I can't imagine it's like Game Pass coming to Switch. I can't imagine it's, you know, the I can't even imagine it's something like you know we're bringing <clears throat> Halo Three or something like bigger like that. To what the about Switch. a Banjo Kazooie sequel? Ooh, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that would make a lot of sense. The, the thing bit is, they've got bit, no, bit too much sense. What was it? Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was it? Was that the was that the title? Yeah, that was the Xbox 360 title. Yeah. Could there be potential to see that land on the Switch? I mean, I guess they could, but I don't think anyone would be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah nobody, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and wants Bolts." That. <laughs> <laughs> the game where uh, Banjo Three got ripped away from us, and we got this vehicle building game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Playing that again. <laughs> so, so. Would you be happy to see, like, obviously, a Nintendo fan would be happy to see Banjo Kazooie back on Nintendo platforms? Do you think there's an agreement that is wor- that is being worked out currently by uh, Microsoft and, or sorry, Xbox and Rare right now to see some IPs land back on Nintendo platforms? I don't know. I, I know, especially like the stuff that comes from Rare would make a lot of sense if they were to um make a Switch version or a Switch exclusive. I couldn't imagine them being a Switch exclusive. That would might as well do, uh, you know. Might as well throw 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 a throw a rock and get two birds with the the same stone type of thing, and yeah. have an Xbox Game Pass title as well. But um, if they were ever to revisit Banjo Kazooie, yeah, there would be no reason for them to also simultaneously release it on Switch because there's a massive audience there. Whether it was from Nintendo 64 days or just new people who are playing Smash Ultimate and say, "Oh, this is a nice friendly bear character with a bird on its back," yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be cool. That's uh, I never actually even thought about a, a Banjo Kazooie game coming back because mm. I don't know it's been that long now where we're sort of like, mm, will it happen? Don't know. Are there any Xbox IPs that you would like to see on Switch? Not necessarily, because they say like a lot of Xbox IPs they do rely on you know, the horsepower of you know the Xbox itself, and that's sort of you know the opposite to what Nintendo typically does with mm. their platforms, especially the Switch. You know, it's a handheld. Um, that's coming up to four years old now. So, you know, mm. porting like Forza, Gears of War, anything like that, you know, wouldn't be the best place to play it, especially especially when you can, you know, play it on your Xbox One or something at 60 It would definitely be and, scaled, scaled back on a Switch. Yeah. Personally, oh. I don't see the point in it, but maybe Microsoft will look at it and be like, you know what, we, there is a completely new audience for something like Gears of War. You know, uh, Gears of War is just a completely different tone to a lot of things that are on Switch. So they might look at it through their research and stuff and maybe decide that, you know, Gears 1 to 3 would be a good place to uh, um, put it on Switch. But, mm. yeah, I don't know. Personally, for me, I'd rather just play it on, on the Xbox. Uh, on the Xbox, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. I think outsourcing IPs to uh, third-party development studios to basically land, like Blueprint, uh, sorry, Bluepoint, uh, would be the one that I would uh, associate, <clears throat> obviously, with Sony and uh, quite a few of the IPs that they've uh, remastered for their own uh, platforms, uh, much like the Uncharted trilogy um, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, the the Ico series, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, that was compl- that was a complete remake from top to bottom. But the thing is, it's still. Builds builds off the foundations of the original from PlayStation Two. With that said, outsourcing Halo and all these other titles that uh, Xbox game uh, first party Xbox games uh, to uh, basically land on a portable, a hybrid home, uh, hybrid handheld home console would definitely have to be scaled back marginally. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know whether or not it's a smart decision with they're going with that, but at the same time. I do. I am interested to see what it is. You might be on the money here, though, with the whole this. This is just an, another Ori port over to 
the Switch. So, yeah, who knows? Um, Drew, the next one comes by way of Adam Bankhurst over at IGN, who says, Nintendo president warns of possible Switch stock issues in 2021 due to semiconductor shortage. Now, this is still an ongoing saga right now with, this, uh, with the boats being stuck over overseas right mm. now with all the semiconductors actually stuck on these ships. So... Uh, <laughs> He goes on, Nintendo President uh, Shintaro Furukawa has warned us, or has warned that, while the company has been able to secure materials for the, quote, immediate production of semiconductors, end quote, needed for switch production, shortages may change that in later in 2021. As reported by VGC, Furukawa was speaking to Nikai about this ongoing global semiconductor shortage that has been causing supply issues for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, graphics cards, and much more. Uh, he goes on, quote, We have been able to secure the necessary materials for the immediate production of semiconductors for switches, Furukawa said. Quote, However, in Japan... Uh, and other countries' demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year, and there is a possibility of shortages at some retailers in the future. Quote, It is very difficult to say how we will deal with this, but in some cases, we may not be able to prepare enough for orders, end quote. Uh, they go on, Nintendo has been dealing with switch shortages for some time, especially due to the growing demand for consoles during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like the Switch, the Switch was obviously going to be the number one selling console during the pandemic, being that one it's portable to. It's you know easier to grasp than other consoles, also easier to get a hold of because the the, the demand for both the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X and S was just you know it was expected, but it, it kind of uh, was overwhelming. It was overwhelmingly in. Uh, you know, it was requested so much uh, mm. that it basically sold out everywhere for, and it's still sold out. You can't get your hands on a PlayStation Five anywhere. It's April uh, of the following year. It's been six months, and you still mm, can't get nice, it. it. Yeah, you still can't yeah. get your hands on a PlayStation Five. Some people are having better luck with Xbox Series Xs at the moment, but PS Fives are nowhere to be found. But the warning now that Nintendo were giving here, do you think that this is? Do you think that this might be them? bottlenecking or stifling their own production to release this supposed next generation switch i don't think so i think um because a lot of other companies are dealing with this as well like late last year apple actually delayed their release for the iphone 12 because of this same reason they just couldn't get enough of these chips. So mm. a, a lot of companies are sort of facing this problem. And who knows, they might have just a massive warehouse full of them. And they're like, tell you what, we need 75% for the Switch Pro and 25% is for the current Switches because there's plenty, you know, already made. There's plenty in warehouses already in stores. So maybe they will have enough for a new model coming out or whatever. But maybe if you are looking at getting a brand new Switch in the next couple of weeks or months, maybe go out and, you know, pre-buy it i don't know if you're really desperate for it you know i think it might be uh a good thing to jump on but yeah what i was sort of thinking with this is like oh how will this affect a new model of the switch because i think on in any normal year we're sort of looking at the four years of switch we're seeing uh developers and customers say all right i would like a bit more power um so i think just from that i think it would make sense that this is the time for a brand new switch, but just mm-hmm. whether they have enough of the materials and all that to actually make it, that's another thing. So 
You don't um, think they're imposing this on uh, consumers right now? Like with this, the shortages, like they, they say, okay, there's going to be shortages. We might as well kind of temper <laughs> temper our expectations or sales forecast right now for switches or even kind of slow it down a little bit so that we can start production on our 4K switch. Yeah, well, they very well might be. This could very well just be like, well, we're going to slow down production anyway. Mm. Um, so this other thing is a, is a factor. Like there's no denying that this will impact their um, ability to be able to get these chips. You know, Nintendo isn't going to have priority over Samsung, Apple, all of these other companies like yeah. that take just you know, millions and millions and millions upon of these products. Yeah. Do you think that demand for the Switch Lite will go up? I don't know because the Switch Lite, I feel like because the rumor with the Switch Pro, it's kind of interesting how... Um, to think about how Nintendo is going to sort of set up their models going to the future because NVIDIA sort of wants to move towards a brand new chip mm. and both the Switch Lite and the Switch at the moment will be, you know, they will have the old chip. So I feel like both of them need to be replaced in some respect. Yeah. Um, and like it's kind of what, what Sony did with the PlayStation 4 when they brought out the PlayStation Pro. They also got rid of the old model and brought in the PlayStation Slim. Yeah. So, so whether Nintendo do a similar thing and get rid of get rid of the current light and just uh, put out a brand new model of that as well, along with the Switch Pro, and sort of have like a staggered um, release that way. But yeah, not quite sure. But it's going to be interesting to follow going uh, throughout the year because I know, like you know, Bryce and I, we we talk about it every don't know couple of weeks or whatever about Switch Pro rumors. And at this point, it's like, all right, it's a bit redundant at the moment. When there's something a bit more solid <laughs> to yeah. come up, we'll we'll talk about it then. But yeah, 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 I, I understand it, and it, and it can be quite the uh, repetitive discussion as well. Quite, it, <laughs> you know, it becomes monotonous after a while that you continue to talk about these uh, these rumors. So let's keep talking about it. This one comes by way. Hell yeah! <laughs> hey, I I love rumors, man. Yeah, I love man. rumors. <laughs> well, especially Nintendo ones. I know you love that. This one comes by way of Joe Scrabbles over at IGN. Uh, who says Nintendo Switch data mine could point to 4K version dock and Bluetooth audio? Uh, he goes on data mining of a recent Nintendo Switch update could suggest that the console will get a new dock for a 4K version of the console, and then it may see an update to allow for Bluetooth audio. Now, I believe, if I'm not <laughs> if I'm correct, that has already happened. We we do have blue, uh, an update that's already been released that has Bluetooth audio. I've actually got no idea if this actually happened. Okay, I'll 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 do I a quick I... googling after after I read this. Uh, data miner uh, Oatmeal Dome has pointed out that the switches, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know the switch. All these freaking homebrew names, man. Uh, the switches twelve point zero point zero update contains references to potentially unannounced features, while Nintendo's patch notes only say that a saved data backup bug has been fixed. Fans looking through the update files have remarked on other changes. Oatmeal Dome initially spotted that the update seems to allow for the Switch's dock to be updated itself, something that shouldn't be necessary given how basic the components in the dock are. However, uh, I'm going to say it's Hexix on Twitter pointed out that uh, the use of the term CRDA in firmware seems to be uh, seems to stand for Cradle Ola, uh, Cradle uh, being the internal system for the Switch dock, and Ola being uh, a per- uh, 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 sorry, a perpetrated, uh, a perpetrated codename for uh, the much rumored 4K Switch upgrade. 
Um, they also go on. There's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. They also go on with uh, the, a new internal setting, 4K DP preferred over USB 30, which means uh, USB 3.0. Uh, that could relate to a 4K uh, display port output, something that would only be needed in a switch upgrade. Uh, while none of the above is certain and firmware settings can be implemented without ever being used, the idea of a new dock and 4K output tallies with the idea of new potential uh, of new potentially more expensive switch model. Yeah, I mean, look, it's rumored, heavily rumored. Uh, and there are, there's, uh, I think there's a patent out right now that describes it. It's happening. Um, the, the, hell yeah, it is. They make, they make mention here of a, a switch, uh, an update to the switch dock. The internals uh, of a switch dock is that motherboard is tiny. I've seen it for myself. It's, it is small. It's like, I don't know. It's smaller than a wallet. Basically it's smaller than the size of a wallet. And the yeah. thing is, um, with that. It, 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 there is no, uh, fir- like, there is a firmware chip. There is like a, a, a CMOS battery and everything else. It really does run kind of, it really does have the kind of the specs inside that could not compose, not dispose, but more just like demonstrate a computer inside of it. Yeah. But it doesn't because really all it is, is an HDMI switch um, with, uh, a couple of a couple of uh, components on it that help it read, like the USB ports and everything else, like it registers through to the switch because the switch is the the switch is the console. So, yeah. um, with that said, they're obviously making note that the dock itself on the next version or the four K version of this switch will be what outputs four K, while the switch itself will be more powerful. The OLED screen. Will probably it has been rumored to only output 1080p. Fair enough. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great that Nintendo are actually going to uh, catch up to speed with everybody else in terms of you know just 4K visuals in terms of outputting. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're catching up in terms of power though. So no, of, course, of course they won't. Look how big look how big the PS5 is. <laughs> yeah, you're not I gonna have, you're, not, you're not gonna have a handheld that big. <laughs> it's an apartment <laughs> complex on its own. It can house like a, a family of twenty inside this thing. So yeah, yeah the the and and that's what I said. Like this, it's great that Nintendo are, are looking to catch up, but you're not going to see anything that's on par for PlayStation Five or an Xbox Series X on this new version of the Switch. No, and and you know that's not why you buy a Switch if you want the latest and greatest in, you know, SSD loading and graphics and online capabilities and that, you're not buying a Switch. You're buying a Switch because you're a busy person. You want to put it in your pocket. You want to play Nintendo IP. You want to play some uh, fun indie games and, you know, the odd uh, third-party game that uh, comes to the platform. So, you know, they're they're for very different reasons. But I think uh, the rumors, they make a lot of sense to me. This is what I've been saying, like, for most of the time, just like, the Switch itself, it doesn't need the, the ability to process 4K in the actual Switch itself because mm. it's, that's just going to run your battery down. That's going to you know make the fans and everything run that much hotter and all that. And you don't need 4K on that small screen. No. Because the, ru- the rumors were, um, at least a month ago or so, that it's going to be a 7-inch screen and it was going to run 120... No, it was gonna was it gonna be it's gonna be 720p and everyone sort of lost their mind being like 720p. You know, that's the same as the the current switch yeah 
but at, at sort of those uh, dimensions, it's sort of um, it's basically the same resolution as like a, a Retina screen on an Apple device, which is just like unreal. Like you can't actually see the pixels or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, look, so I, it, I'm yeah. in agreement with you. You know what I mean? Like I'm in agreement with you, and that's the thing. Like it's 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 going to be niche. It really is. Yeah, fine. It'll give us a little bit more power, uh, horsepower, uh, to run titles like Breath of the Wild 2 when it comes out. I, for one, will be getting a new Switch. I know you mm. will be. There's no question. Oh, yeah, no joke. I'll be pre-ordering. <laughs> um, you know, and I wanna, I wanna have that definitive edition, especially to experience Breath of the Wild 2. Um, mm. so yeah, I mean, it's great. This is great. But rumors are rumors right now, and I want to actually see the thing. So hopefully, I'll discuss it. We'll be discussing this in uh, the following story, not this next story. But I do want to discuss something before we do kind of go back to this, which is Mario. This comes by way. Mario. Oh, yeah, Mario. This one comes by way of Joe Scrabbles over at IGN who says, March 30th, March 31st, the oh, day no. Mario dies. Oh, oh, God, it was a day. Oh, <laughs> Nintendo just stopped selling a bunch of games. <sighs> yeah, so uh, I'm not going to go over it. We know the story. Basically, that uh, Mario, Super Mario 35 got removed, or so, I should say their, their services were shut down. Um, and uh, they stopped selling the physical edition or stopped manufacturing the physical edition, I should say, of the Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Nintendo yeah. Switch. Nintendo Australia came to my house and burnt my copy. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, <coughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, what's my thoughts on them shutting it down and all that? I reckon, you know, it's they want to, you know, push their... Uh, the reason to buy it to get it all into a nice little, nice little uh, block of sales there, and they mm. all right, cut it off, and mm. just can't play it anymore until they decide to re-release each game separately or whatever they decide to do. Mm. I reckon it's uh, it's pretty silly because at the end of the day, um, it would have been an absolutely fantastic trilogy of games for uh, people to actually be able to pick up with their brand new Switch, whether it's this year, next year, or the year onward. Um, you know, those games just don't age, whether it's Super Mario 64, well, actually Super Mario 64 and Get- <laughs> Sunshine actually do I think age I think a fair bit, but Galaxy. Poorly, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I took, I took, I bit my tongue after that. But Galaxy, <laughs> I think well, no, Galaxy. No, no, because you're right on the money, because it really does have a cult following, 64. People still play it to this day. And I don't really understand what the attraction is or the, the oh, really? allure is. Yeah, I really oh. don't, because I'm, I loved Sunshine. I love mm. Galaxy. Galaxy is still great to play. 64 is so hard to play these days, but there are, there's a fan base and people love it and they want it on their Switch. And for the fact that Nintendo are kind of just saying no more and pulling it away from people, I I don't know what what's up. And then you have games like Super Mario 35, which, were, which was doing extremely well. Like that game was running nonstop and people loved it. That, that game was one of the most streamed uh, competitive battle royales uh, on Twitch for such a long time. If Nintendo to say, okay, that's enough. No more. No more fun. You've, you've had too much fun on this. Give it back. What the hell is going... Like, why? Stop doing this. Yeah, I think uh, I think like their marketing team or whatever, just like, you know, this is a way we can make it seem special. This is a way... Uh, but it's not special you if know. you keep ripping it away. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I played it for like a couple of weeks and didn't get back to it anyway. So yeah. I feel like 
me complaining about it is kind of kind of, kind of pointless. So you you you, you didn't play that much. Um, yeah, I played like the first couple of weeks or so, then I sort of mm. sort of dropped off and. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to play through. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Once again, it's 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 a it's a certain market for those kind of titles, and you know, it's it's either you enjoy the competitive nature of it. Um, I honestly thought it was more just like one big show off. Look Actually, at me. I, <laughs> I I remember why I stopped playing. I, I won. I got my first win. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I didn't win once. There you go. I'm, I was I left on a high. I'm like, you know, I've beaten the game. Congratulations, Drew. You are the you saved the princess. I came I'm second like five, six times, but I've never got number one. Uh, well, there oh. you go. Doesn't you just matter. have to settle to be Luigi. I'm sorry, Dash. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next one comes by way of Joe Scrubbles over at IGN. Now, this is why I wanted to bounce back to the, the Switch 4K, but uh, E3 2021. Plans announced. Xbox and Nintendo involved, but no signs of Sony. Uh, Scrubbles goes on. The Electronic Software Association has announced its plans for the first digital-only E3, which will include Nintendo and Xbox, but currently does not include Sony. Taking place from June 12th to 15th, E3 2021, is confirmed to include appearances from Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Games, and Koch Media, or Coke Media. Uh, Sony is conspicuous. Yeah, I got I got corrected by Betson on that one. Sony is conspicuous by its absence on that list, and we've contacted the company for for comment. Other, uh, other major missing companies include EA, which has recently preferred to host its own EA Play event during E3's timing. That happens every year, anyway. Uh, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Tencent, ugh, 505, and Activision Blizzard. You, know, you hear Tencent usually. Um, the ESA yeah. make, makes clear that the list of partners marks, quote, early commitments, end quote, so other publishers and developers could come on board at a later date. However, before the show's pandemic-related cancellation, Sony had confirmed that it had no plans to attend E3 2020. Okay. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm excited E3 is coming back. Same. I know it's, like, for me, the whole uh, show for thing... Yeah, didn't matter. I'm not. I'm not in America. I'm not in California. I'm mm-hmm. in Australia. Mm-hmm. So everything is just streamed to me anyway. So just the idea that it's back, uh, that at least Nintendo and Xbox will have something near each other. Don't have to you know worry about this whole like three month span of what's happening. Because last year I just I just fell off. I I I didn't care at the end of the day. Like you know I wake up and I say, oh look, there's a there's a brand new um you know Tony Hawk One Plus Two. Mm-hmm. Um, remake. Oh, that's really cool. Then, like, there's a bunch of other stuff you just don't care in between there and whatever. So, but like, E3 was always to me just like, all right, what's everyone up to? I'm not the biggest Ubisoft fan. I'm not the biggest EA fan necessarily, but I'm going to check out their press conferences. I'm going to see if they have any demos releasing that day, and I'm going to check everything out. And I always come, always come, uh, sort of back with like five games I never heard of that mm-hmm. really, really captured me. And like, all right, this is on my wish list for. You know, the next 12 months. But like last year, I just didn't have that because, you know, I'm not, I'm going to tune, I'm going to tune in for a, like a state of play from PlayStation. I'm going to, I'm going to tune in for a Nintendo direct, but I'm not going to tune in for like a, a two o'clock in the morning, random e, uh, EA thing. I'm not going to tune in no. for a random um, Ubisoft thing. So just having it all together to me is fantastic. I hope uh, it is something similar to what 
I guess, what traditional E3 is, whether it is just their Nintendo Directs and Stata Plays and yeah, not, obviously not Stata Plays, but, you know, you know what I mean? Just like that type of thing together, yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, but just, just all being like um, digital, being streamed, I like to see them sort of uh, do things that everyone can uh, participate in from home because I know like a lot of stuff um, that they're sort of trying to do is like bring, bring like, uh, you know, the public to E3 so they can pay for a ticket and they can make more money that way. But I wouldn't mind a way how they can actually like, I was thinking about this because they actually, they, as much as I love E3 and I watch E3, they get like none of my money. No. Which is great. It's a, it's a free event for me. But yeah. what could what could they do to be like a ticketed thing for anyone in the world to like just like sit down and watch some stuff, whether it is like a bit of a pass to get some demos or something like that. See, this discussion was actually uh, brought up by the ESA. Uh, it was rumored right. that the ESA were going to charge people to view E3 oh, that's on right. a subscription based yes. service this year. Mm. I, ne- I don't necessarily think it's it's a great way to uh, push E3 right now because the ESA don't have such a great uh, public image. <laughs> no. uh, but the thing is, with with the return of E3 this year, I'm really excited because it's structured. It's it's simple. It's there in one week and we can all enjoy it. Um, yeah. Where last year, because of its cancellation, because of its sudden cancellation around this time last year due to COVID, but. Uh, it got it got kind of split up into months and months. Like Jeff Keighley had his summer of games, and so and Jeff Grubb had his summer of games, and it's just like, all right, here it is here, and here it is, and here's Nintendo Direct here, and here's a Sony State of Play. I was like, okay, no, I and I, I believe that uh, Dash Game Podcast episode ten when I had uh, Betson and Page on, uh, that we all agreed that we missed E three. We missed it because it was one week where everything came out or like all the trailers or the hype, everything was just one condensed week. We weren't, it wasn't split up into multiple months of anticipation and waiting for news and all sort of stuff. It's just like, okay, that's fine. There are, you know, we can get a state of play anytime we want, but E3's E3 and we kind of wanted that and it was ripped away from us, obviously due to COVID, but now the opportunity here to host this event digitally for one entire week and have gamers once again celebrate at one time it is gamers Christmas. So the fact that it's back this year is very exciting and I'm very much looking forward to it just like yourself. And um, I do once again say that Nintendo could potentially announce their 4K Switch at E3 because that would be the, the most appropriate time. If anything, I was going to ask you, do you think that we may actually finally see anything about Breath of the Wild 2 this year? I feel like, I feel like we will. I feel like E3 or... Because it's been two years. Yes, it's been a long time. And Anuma in the most recent Nintendo Direct did say, you know, stay tuned. Information is coming later. So we whoever later so sorry means... about that. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. He probably wants the game finishing out the door so he can go on holiday. Yeah, I don't he know. probably does, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there'll be more news on that. I'm hoping that I can actually get, uh, you know, kind of like the uh, nightly structure that we did a couple of years ago in 2019 and uh, mm. get us all together and talking about E3 again. So stay tuned for some of that. Um, I'm going to be talking to the, uh, a few of the boys and see if we can do the Dash Game podcast uh, each night for E3. So we'll see what happens. Like, like, what, like what you're hearing today? 
Be sure to follow All Dash Gamer Podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify by simply typing dashgamer.com into the search bar of your favorite podcast provider. And don't, and don't forget to check out our gaming, anime, and pop culture related news on dashgamer.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, the next one comes by way of actually, why isn't it? Okay, there is James Berwick over at Press Start who says <laughs> Damn it, the, James. La- the Last of Us remake is apparently coming to PlayStation 5. What? It is going... Okay, anyway, let me just read this before I go off. (laughs) First of all, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier has broken the gaming internet yet again with a scintillating report about Sony and the PlayStation brand. Uh, There's a lot to digest here, and I heartily recommend that you do so if you're at all interest in video games and especially PlayStation. Despite being less than a decade old, it seems that Sony has been preparing a remake of the original Last of Us uh, game from as early as 2018. Uh, The game was in development by a small team of PlayStation developers before being shuttered. The project is now allegedly being led by Naughty Dog themselves with assistance from other internal developers, though whether it will ever see a release is to be seen. Uh, The report also suggests that Ben Studio was split with half helping Naughty Dog with a multiplayer game with the other half set to work on a new Uncharted game, but the heads weren't happy with his arrangement and left the studio. It's unclear now if this Uncharted game is being worked on, but Ben Studio appeared to be working on their own game now. Yeah, so there was a report uh, actually that I'll quickly follow up with on uh, push, oh, I'm sorry, was it Push Square? Yep, on Push Square. Um, I seem to have lost it. But anyway, the, the, the report stated that Ben Studios were actually working on an Uncharted title themselves. Mm. And then um, Sony Interactive put the kibosh on it and said, that's not happening anymore. Uh, you're going, we're going to split you. You're going to go work on Uncharted 4 and you guys are going to go work with Naughty Dog on this Last of Us so yeah, you got you guys are going to go all the to Naughty Dog. We're splitting you into two groups. Half of you going to go work on Uncharted Four with Naughty Dog, and half of you going to go work with Naughty Dog on the Last of Us remake. Why do we need a Last of Us remake, Drew? <laughs> well, we don't, but um, Sony would like it. Why? Because it will sell a lot. Yes, it, was- <laughs> it will. But it doesn't make sense. Okay, so obviously they want to kind of uh, remake the title in line with the release of the HBO series. I can respect it in some circumstance. Like in, a, in a circumstance, yeah, okay, fine. There, there, there is a, that, that appeal to have a remade Last of Us with built on the Last of Us 2 engine. Improvements saying new additions and all this other stuff. Great. I still think that The Last of Us is a perfect game and does not need to be touched. Um... My worry is how much are they going to change the game? Because when you think remake, are they are they remaking? Because you know, this is not a remaster. This is not something that they're just going to grab the framework of the original and go, okay, here, we're just going to repaint everything and it should be good. No, no. no. They've already done that, so they can't do it. <laughs> That's right. That's a remaster and they've already done remastered. It's out. Yeah. So what the hell? Why do we need a retelling? Not even a decade later. Yeah, I think uh, like with with this story in particular, like it ma- it does make a lot of sense that they would, you know, remake the Last of Us Part One, put it with the Last of Us Part Two, do it as a, a special package for PlayStation Five, have it re- uh, release with the HBO series, and a lot of new eyes will be 
on The Last of Us and they'll say, you know what, I need a PlayStation and I need this game to play through because this was an unreal story and, you know, that that is uh, well-deserved. Those games are masterclasses in mm-hmm. just game design and storytelling. They are fantastic. Yep. But, um, you know, I've got no problem with them wanting to re-release the first game. It, it can't, It's kind of a bit baffling because the game only came out in 2013. Yeah. It got remastered in 2014 for PlayStation 4 and it still looks pretty good. That's like phenomenal, it, yeah. Like compared to like The Last of Us Part 2, like, you know, that's one of the, that's probably like the best looking game ever made. Ever made, yeah. So, you know, it is, there is a bit of a difference graphically there. Oh, yeah. But I think, I think what is... I think why people have a lot of umbrage with this story in particular is just how they treated the initial team uh, that spun off to make this uh, remaster. Mm. Um, you know, Naughty Dog taking it away from them, bringing it internally, um, and uh, also Ben's studio being sort of told that they, well, not told, but not getting a, a Days Gone too greenlit. And they got split into two teams. And this is personally something that, kind of it very much frustrates me because mm. i was a i was a massive playstation fan you know late pl- playstation 3 playstation vita you know they didn't have a lot of big hits like they do now like god of war and uh uncharted and last of us they were pretty much the big things on playstation 3 that uh, were making sony a lot of money but they had so many experimental sort of games and teams um going forward on the vita and the ps3 and mm. Over the years, that's sort of fallen away and it sort of made me less excited about PlayStation as a brand and their products. And when this story from Jason Schreier came out, I'm like, yeah, well, that kind of just cemented my feelings of what's been happening the last few years. Like mm-hmm. PlayStation, they make some of the, ma- the most excellent and high-caliber titles in the whole industry, but they are sort of losing their magic. Yeah, they, and- it really is affecting them on a public relations note too. Um, I think it's Jim Ryan. A lot of people are blaming Jim Ryan because he's not a gamer. He's a suit. And that's a problem because there's no relatable connection being made right now between his own audience, his own consumer base and himself. It's, it's astounding. It's astonishing how much that like he's, he is not on the pot. Like his finger is not on the pulse. He is looking at PlayStation right now as a marketable business that he could turn over. And it's Mm. not happening because he doesn't know how to market PlayStation. He just doesn't. Yeah. And like, think about this, right? This is is what I'm worried about um, as someone who bought a PS5 and wants to see excellent games continue to come to that platform. So like, if... If this continues, so we get we got we get a uh, God of War Ragnarok, mm. we get Horizon Two, we get uh, um, whatever team has been put on to um, Uncharted Five or yeah. whatever that's going to be, yeah. And we get these big heavy hitters, third person action games, fantastic. I really enjoy them. It's one of my favorite genres, so I'm not complaining necessarily. But when you look at say Xbox, and they're going, they've got twenty five plus studios putting out big um, heavy hitters as well as like small um, experimental stuff as well, like stuff like Grounded or in the Will of the Wisps, Cuphead, like just stuff like that just doesn't come from PlayStation. No. And like I know PlayStation, they have sort of a great track record of having their second party games. Um, 
like what what's that game coming out from um housemark what's it called again uh uh, uh returnal 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 mm-hmm. um yeah so we get it we're getting stuff like that and you know we're going to continue getting um second party games that hopefully hit on what the first party studios at sony aren't hitting on but mm-hmm. i'm worried that it's just going to be like two big games a year and that's great i'm going to play them but it's more important than just the biggest games as well. There's a lot of sort of cracks to fill in there yeah. to make an ecosystem and a brand that you really get excited about. Yeah. So. Um, Drew, the next one comes by way of Brody Gibbons over at Press Start who says, and and, th- and this connects basically to this story because it's part of the whole Bench Studio conundrum that's uh, going on right now. Uh, right. Days Gone 2 seems unlikely after, after Sony turned it down. Um, according... To the same Bloomberg report informing us PlayStation PlayStation's intention to remake The Last of Us, Days Gone wasn't greenlit for a sequel when Ben Studio pitched it back in 2019, despite the original being profitable. Quote, although the game, although the first game had been profitable, its development had been lengthy and critical reception was mixed. So a Days Gone 2, uh, so a Days Gone 2 wasn't seen as a viable option, uh, said Jason Schreier in the report. Uh, instead of one team from within Ben's Bend, it's currently helping. Sorry, instead one team from Ben is currently helping Naughty Dog develop a multiplayer title, while another has been assigned to work on a brand new Uncharted title under the guidance of Naughty Dog. Unfortunately, their work on the project sees when studio management, fearing absorption into Naughty Dog, asked to be taken off the project. Okay, so we 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 know that uh, basically that they've been uh, kind of. Yeah, Ben Studio are being absorbed right now into Naughty Dog. Like that—that's something yeah. that's obviously happening. Now, with this report, l- let me let me first off state that I'm kind of glad that they didn't greenlight Days Gone too. And I know that it, it's been a bit of a meme that I've been critical of the title. Mm-hmm. Let me say that this is not a meme. This is serious. Now, Days Gone, <laughs> Days Gone was not a fantastic game. It was, it was, it was a subpar. It was good. It was all right. It was fine. It was there. It was created. It was done, but it was no last of us. And that's what a lot of people thought like, okay, yeah, it's rough around the edges, but as you get further into the game, it gets better. After how many patches and how long did it take for it to get better? It was way too long. And that's what it says right there. Too much of a lengthy development cycle and sure it had uh, it's moments through it where, you know, uh, some uh, features were implemented to make it a lot more fun, but it wasn't necessarily what Ben had envisioned in the first place, what, what, the, uh, what, what the blueprint was of the game when they first, uh, you know, when it first was uh, brought to the forefront for Sony Interactive to greenlight it. Now we're in a position where, like now Sony's in a position where they're like, okay, we can't waste any more time on the Days Gone franchise because it wasn't received well by, by you know, fans. And what makes you think that they're not going to remember how poorly it was received upon initial release for it to be sold again, you know, just as well from the first? It's, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it's not exactly shocking necessarily that Days Gone 2 wasn't greenlit. No. But what, what what does sort of upset me? It's academic. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's just that they they split up the team and sort of got them to, you know, 
work on stuff that wasn't going to build their own studio's image because I think it's pretty important that um, the studios that are left over at Sony that do sort of rise up on their own sort of accord and not just be like, this is a, this is a, this is a Ben's studio. They make the multiplayer for Last of Us Part 2 mm. and they also do graphics work on other Naughty Dog games. It's like, mm. no, that's a studio with a lot of heritage at PlayStation. Yep. Um, that do a lot of excellent things. And I would like to see them try with new IP. And that is ultimately what they're doing now. But because of sort of the shakeup, they have lost um, people at that studio that have been there since the, since the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, prior, especially when the whole Amy Hennig shakeup happened when she left or was forced out, terminated, whatever you want to call it. Um, once she left... The domino effect starts to take place and everybody starts to, you know, just fall like flies. And yeah. we saw that with their lead uh, lead artist uh, afterwards uh, for Uncharted 4. We saw the whole story get redrafted. Um, actors started to leave as well. It, it, was, it was a mess. Uncharted 4's development cycle was a clusterfuck, to put it in any way. And they had to remake the game from scratch. And it was, yeah, it was just one massive clusterfuck. Um, but that's what, that's what Naughty Dog wanted. They wanted to push Neil Druckmann's vision forward. And that's why we've kind of got The Last of Us and now The Last of Us remake and an HBO series and all this other stuff happening. And that's fine. I can respect it. I will re I will play the new Last of Us. No problem. It's just still really confusing. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad that they've got their eyes off uh, Days Gone as an IP because it was just awful initiating it. Yeah, fine, you know, there there is a cult following for it, and I get blasted by Paul and Betson by constantly like, why do you hate it? Because it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible game. It was ma- it was buggy as hell, <laughs> and you know nobody's going to forget that. So not even Sony. They're not going to forget that. They're not going to forget it had an awful development cycle uh, initially. So it really does affect, uh, it's an optics game and it really does affect that. So whether or not they like it, bad luck. It's not happening. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, so they only got so much money to spend on yeah. these massive games. So, Well, especially because they consider sure a- PlayStation, the PlayStation brand is keeping Sony, the company Sony afloat. Without mm. PlayStation, Sony would have gone bankrupt years ago. Yeah, and that's the, that's the difference between them and Xbox. Um, Microsoft, they're just throwing money, just like, <laughs> we will make this work. We will squ- we will try and squash you, PlayStation. That's sort of what their sort of mantra is these days. And Well, that's the thing. It does make, can. Yeah, it does make me think, though, because, like, you know, I'm like, you know, what Xbox are doing at the moment is fantastic. I- I'll support that. But what happens when that works and they become the top? Then the top is just like... You mean Xbox become billion- the top? Yeah, and they're just like a billion-dollar company with, like, and like companies like Nintendo and Sony can't touch them because they don't have the capital they do. I'm like, hmm. Well, they'll still continue. Look, it'll be one of those things where it's PlayStation will still do do what they do. Nintendo will still do what they do because they just they don't care what anybody else is doing. They're like, yeah, whatever, man. You know, we'll still sell Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll still sell Smash Brothers. We'll still sell Pokemon. You know. Yeah, I'm not saying they'll be in trouble necessarily, but I'm just like, it's an interesting thing to think. But like, what? That, that's the thing too. What, because like, when, when I was supporting uh, PlayStation when they were at sort of, you know, rock bottom with the PS3 and they, ro- they rose throughout the PS4 and you sort of saw th- what made them special sort of disappear to where they are now. Mm. It's like, well, you know, the same keeps on happening with these companies. Like, 
they go from say Nintendo with the Wii U, they got all their personalities out and like, you know, pushing the brand and whatever. Mm. And then when the switch becomes more popular then you know, all that disappears and sort of, you see like the personality sort of slowly get lost. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a matter that Mr. Spencer is actually playing with a blank checkbook and he can write whatever he wants, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. And it's shown with the Bethesda deal because Bethesda weren't for sale, but $7 billion, are you going to say no? No. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's again one of those things where studios, first party, third party, whatever you want to call it, or, you know, Insomniac were bought by Sony for $250,000. How do you think they're feeling right now knowing that, you know, Bethesda were bought for $7 billion. That's, that's got to be some sort of heartbreak. You know, like it, it's one of those things now where they're stuck with Sony no matter what now. They've got a contract that who knows when that runs out. Yeah, they'll be sitting in their mansion being like, oh, I could have had a goddamn bigger mansion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's not even that. It's, it's $7 billion is uh, hmm, an exorbitant fee to pay for Bethesda. I think if anything, they got overcharged. Um, yeah. Well, Insomniac was just like, it's obviously bargain of the century. They are one of the best studios. Right. Like they make such good games. 000. Just like their technology and the knowledge in VR and just everything that they bring to Sony is just almost like invaluable to them, really. I think it also matters in what comes in those deals too, because we look at Insomniac, yeah, they got 250,000 up front, but they would probably be getting an influx or, or sorry, a, a, an ongoing influx of cash. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, to develop titles. Whereas 7 billion would probably be the upfront payment or the fixed payment for life. Um, and then like, if they run out of money, it's up to Microsoft to kind of front the cost on that and say, okay, if you guys can't continue to make Elder Scrolls under your studio, Elder Scrolls becomes a first-party title under Xbox. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, yeah, they're, they're playing. I think they're playing the long game. Xbox are playing the long game on that one. Whereas yeah. Sony are probably probably having a little bit of a smarter approach. But at the same time, for now, optics matter and Sony are fucking up. So who knows? Um, speaking of Sony fucking up and people wanting to come back to the company and fix shit, this one comes by way <laughs> of Sammy Barker over at Push Square. PlayStation fans are missing Sean Layden and he's liking all the tweets. Uh, Sean Layden was, for a little while, the public face of PlayStation and fans grew to love him. Uh, the executive who had a long history at Sony taking him from Europe to Japan became a household name when he replaced Jack Tretton as the boss for Sony Computer Entertainment America. Uh, he'd later go on to become the chairman of Worldwide Studios before departing in 2019. In a response to Bloomberg report, uh, report earlier, in a response to a Bloomberg report earlier today that suggested PlayStation is doubling down on blockbusters and abandoning its more creative background, many have been sharing an old clip on social media in which Layden talks about Vibribbon. Uh, the soliloquy effectively concludes that while the PS1 rhythm title wasn't a big seller at all, it, it, quote, wasn't the point, end quote. That's touched a nerve among enthusiasts, and many are expressing that they miss the executive on social media. It turns out that Layden presumably went, oh, sorry, presumably with a, a plenty, plenty of free time uh, on his gardening leave, uh, is, ready, is reading all the comments and liking everything he sees. 
The overarching sentiment in many of the posts is that the current boss, Jim Ryan, is bad, and the old boss, Layden, was the goat. <laughs> I, I have to put, look. I have to put up with this from Padge every op- Operation PlayStation episode uh, in terms of Jim Ryan. Yeah, look, Jim Jim Ryan is one of the most unreliable um, executives to join PlayStation, and it's showing, and it's showing. And now even former executives are coming to the forefront and saying, "What the fuck is happening at PlayStation?" So. I don't it gives a it gives on. massive Don Matrick vibes. It really does. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> what the hell is not like Betson? Uh, so Betson and uh, Max over at For the Plays this week had a great discussion about this, and I even had a discussion with Betson about it the night before. That yeah. uh, if you look at Layden to uh, Spencer, so basically uh, Spencer is now fulfilling Layden's role, though in Xbox. What he was, what uh, Spencer's doing is coming out in all those shirts and being the relatable personality, uh, being the you know the cool exec and everything uh, that Layden was trying to be. <laughs> Let's be honest, he still seemed like a suit just wearing a shirt. But yep. he was a gamer. He was a game developer. He had experience and knew what the crowd wanted. Jim Ryan has none of that, and that is an issue right now. And Spencer, who is a former PlayStation developer uh, now at Xbox is taking that experience of being a relatable uh, developer now presents himself as a relatable executive and knows what the people want. And that is the issue. Do you think that um, I, I don't ever see PlayStation or, you know, it's chairs basically saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to give the boot to Jim Ryan. <laughs> But stakeholders and shareholders are going to come to the table and say, Jim, what the fuck? So what are your thoughts? Well, he won't get the boot. This isn't Australian politics. No. It's going to come out and give him the boot. (laughs) (laughs) Give him the boot. And, you know, honestly, like the most important thing for the CEOs to actually do is just make sure everything's running in order, that, you know, the finances, all this stuff is going and whether they actually... You know, if whether they've played Uncharted One and like know about Naughty Dog's very first game, obviously that stuff helps because that is the product you're making. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, it's not the most important thing for for him. But you know, if if you've been keeping um, tabs on you know Jim Ryan and his previous roles at Sony, he's always the one that just says like the stuff which is just like, "What do you want about?" Like for example, he was quoted. <laughs> It was, it was quoted with like the whole Fortnite crossplay thing that, you know, PlayStation doesn't want to do it because it, you know, they've got to keep the, the kids safe on their platform. Yeah. You know, that, that was him that said that. And he's, he's had multiple quotes like that, which are just like ridiculous. Yeah. So I remember when he did get promoted to CEO, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and sort of that, that whole attitude and, you know, my opinion on him has just continued throughout the whole time. Like, whether... Whether it's a, a question like, you know, what are you playing? And it's just, he just sort of answers it with, oh, this is uh, our latest game on PlayStation 5 right now. Yeah. He doesn't it's say. Despicable. Yeah. It's like, you, you'd think you would have an answer. You know, I've been playing, a, I've actually been replaying I don't know, Uncharted 2. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great yeah. title. You know, whatever it is, obviously, you might not have a whole lot of time to like, you know, spend playing video games and that. But, but lie, I, I but lie, even just say, oh, I've been playing The Last of Us again. It's fantastic. 
it's your job <laughs> to put that optic out there that you're actually yeah. a gamer. Yeah, just, Do you think that just, Reggie was sitting around in his office playing Animal Crossing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> so I've been playing Animal Crossing on my new 3DS, and they go and cut. He's like, it just smashes it on the ground. Let's get out of here. He just gets in his limo and drives off. <laughs> Forget about it. I'm going home. <laughs> Forget about it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's you're exactly right. It's again one of those things where they don't sit down and go, Jim, shut up, please. Don't, don't eat. <laughs> Jim, okay? shut up. Just, just go for a walk or something. Play with this. Go for a walk. It's, it's that he is. He should not be saying anything. He, if, if he wants to play that executive role, then sit in your office, play the executive role, make sure that people are doing their work, and then go home. But don't, yeah. don't get yourself involved because right now you're ruining the product. You really yeah, are. It's, it's like at the moment, um, Nintendo's president, uh, Shintaro Farakawa. He's, yeah. he's. He's gone on record saying he's not a gamer. He is more of the, you know, typical CEO. But he doesn't, well, it's obviously, you know, different language and you don't get everything translated. But yeah. there aren't the stories of him just saying, like, the most dumbest thing yeah. <laughs> just in regards to video games. Yeah. Like, he obviously understands them enough to be like, all right, this is the product we're selling. This is what appeals about our product. Yeah. And I feel like um, Jim Ryan being like, uh, we only make blockbuster games kind of, misses the mark on what made PlayStation special for 25 plus years. But, yeah. you know, what am I? I only buy their goddamn products. And It's outlandish, though, that they even let them say these things too. Like, from a PR perspective, like, PR has to step in and go, please, please stay quiet over this because you don't know what you're talking about and you're ruining the company's image. Oh, so, yeah, it, yeah I, I don't know. When you're the boss, I guess you get to rule the roost. But sometimes... I, sometimes there has to be a, a, a hand forced in there to turn around and say, "Don't say nothing no more. Don't come here no more. Don't don't even say. Don't even show your face. Just stay in your office." <laughs> I want him to be, do an interview one day, and the PR just comes up on camera, and they just put the finger over his lips and go, "Shh, all right, shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the end of the interview. True. <laughs> uh, the next one comes from Liam Croft over at Push Square, who says um, some PS3 games are supposedly no longer downloading patches. Now I'm not going to go over this uh, the whole story. I just want to read the title and basically get some thoughts because what's happened is I'll summarize it quickly. Sony, uh, we, we've known in the past, Sony is shutting down all their uh, digital storefronts on older consoles, but now they're going as far as removing patches from older titles on the PlayStation 3. I had this discussion with Betson today. He was a little bit... He, he he wasn't perturbed by it at all. He was like, well, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, I'm kind of in agreement, but I'm also a little perplexed by this because Sony still have the infrastructure to host patches because patches aren't large files except for, you know, when they're major fuck-ups like Cyberpunk. But... It's mm-hmm. it's one of the it's it's one of those things where the PlayStation Three era their patches were kind of like in the megabytes to kilobytes range. So I'd, I'm not really I don't understand why they would want to get rid of it. But at the same time, most patches were also meant for like online play and everything else. So yeah, it's interesting too. Aren't you even when they shut down the store? Aren't you still able to download your games? So they did come out and clarify that even though we are shutting down the storefronts, you will still be able to access your games digitally, which is fine. 
Yeah, so if you can access your games, why can't you still access the patches to those games? Because they just removed from the library because, the, you know, it's like, who cares? Nobody wants to download these patches no more. Yeah, so is this does it only affect, like, physical copies? Like, if I put a game to my PS5, or PS3, sorry, and then, like, oh, it needs a patch, but that doesn't exist anymore. But if you just download the game that already have the patch on it, I assume. So it's only on your disc copies. No, no. So, uh, ga- well, games that were... So the file structure that works on a PlayStation 3 disc doesn't come with patches. Uh, yeah. The patches come from online. Yeah, um, yeah. That, 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 that's what I mean, though. Like, only the physical copies will be affected by this because if you re-download a, a PS3 game on no, your no, PS3... No, 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 no. Even the digital copies. Even digital copies. Well, that's... Yeah. a Pain the bum. That kind of makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Already, it does. The hosting of the game, they may as well. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck yeah, it, no, no, no. You're correct. You're right on the money. <laughs> if they're still hosting the game, then why not just compile it with the game? Essentially, why don't you just compile the patch with the game, and you can still continue to host that game? Like the infrastructure is there. You're obviously going to be paying for those servers. It's 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 confusing that they would even consider deleting or this mass, this catalog, this back catalog of patches that have been, you know, developed for titles that need them. You know, there are, there are some games out there on PlayStation 3 that it's imperative that they have these patches or else they're just buggy messes. So, yeah, yeah I'm not completely sure what the go is. It's really, it's confounding, but it's where they yeah. are, I guess. Um, Drew, let's move on to the next one. This one comes by way of uh, Sammy Barker over at Push Square who says... Sony wants to bring PlayStation's most popular franchises to smartphones. What is uh, going on? Anyway, between this jump, your your uh, reaction just summarizes it. Uh, between this Japanese development, um, forwardworks and failed initiatives like PlayStation Mobile, there's no question Sony has been looking for ways to leverage its biggest brands on mobile for some time. Now it looks like uh, it's in the early stages of establishing a new department within its PlayStation Studios infrastructure with a focus on converting its key franchises to smartphones. A job listing for a head of mobile role situated at the company's headquarters in San Mateo uh, states that candidates will, quote, own and develop the mobile game strategy for PlayStation Studios and help build a foundation for growth opportunities, uh, end quote. It continues, quote, you will lead all aspects of the expansion of our game development from consoles and PCs to mobile and live services with a focus on successfully adapting PlayStation's most popular franchises for mobile, end quote. It sounds like this is in the very early stages as it notes that potential recruits will be, quote, be responsible, uh, sorry, will, quote, be responsible for building and scaling a team of mobile leaders and will serve as the head of its new business unit within PlayStation Studios, end quote. So, Drew, this is another one that's confusing and I don't know what the fuck is going on over at PlayStation because this is just, like, why? They want to put first-party titles on mobile. Let's just kind of take have a moment here because they just stopped supporting the PlayStation Vita. Like, they're shutting down the digital store on the Vita. The Vita is a handheld console, which is also considered mobile. Why are they looking to put games like The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Little Big Planet, and all these other titles on mobile? Well... It's a big market. There's potential for a lot of money there. That's why they want to do it. But, but how? 
I was um I was sort of confused because I'm like, didn't they already do this? And I, I just searched up on the app store. Mm. They've got a they've got a fair few titles already on there that do sort of uh, represent their their franchise. And I, I remember this one in particular because it just looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's a game on uh, iPad and um, iPhone called Uncharted Fortune Hunter. Oh, the, the card game. No, no, it's a, it's a puzzle game. It's kind of like the um, Hitman Go slash Lara Croft Go. Oh, I never series. heard of this one. Okay, you're gone. Oh, no, I do remember this one. It's a cartoon one. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I, I remember seeing it and went, like, what the hell have they done to Uncharted? Yeah. But Uncharted Fortune uh, Hunter is an original axe and puzzle adventure following Nathan Drake's continued pursuit to uncover the lost treasures of history's most notorious pirates, adventurers, adventurers and thieves. Mm. So they already sort of did this, and they also released uh, Sack, uh, Run, Sackboy, Run as well, mm. which is, I assume, an endless runner. And yeah. so they've sort of done this before, but I think this is like a more, more of an attempt to be like, all right, let's, um, let's make Ghost of Tsushima... Uh, just Go. use like the sort of yeah the IP and make it into something. But what kind of like just PlayStation's franchises, especially the the current ones and the ones they're going to be wanting to bolster, um, whether it's Horizon or Ghost of Tsushima or The Last of Us or whatever. It's just I don't know how well that sort of translates to mobile. We saw Nintendo do the same thing, and their franchises sort of go very well on mobile, whether it is Super Mario Run or. Uh, Mario Kart Tour or even stuff that the Pokemon company are doing with Pokemon Go and Pokemon Masters and stuff. Yeah. A lot of their franchises just work really well on mobile because a lot of those franchises found their home on handheld consoles to start off with. But it's also got a casual appeal. Yes, a massive casual appeal. But just like a lot of these titles are just like massive blockbusters. They want to create mass- massive blockbusters, but they also want to make them into mobile games. It's like, you know, they're kind of, um, they're fighting themselves there. Like, what do you guys want to make? Do you, do you guys want a, a varied sort of ecosystem with like a, a bunch of casual titles, some big blockbusters, or do you just want the big blockbusters on your TV? Because I, I don't understand sort of where they're, where they're aiming for at the moment with, with all, of, all of this news and yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of stuff coming out. It's, it's, it, yeah, again, one of those decisions uh, internally that are, are, are making making heads shake like what why are they even bothering with that i'm not interested um this is not something that a playstation gamer would necessarily want um this is niche uh you know you look at uh you look at uh titles like hitman (laughs) Hitman go yeah exactly it's like uh you look at you look at titles like hitman go and uh was it lara croft go i believe it was um fine they were they weren't popular they made some money, not much. It's it's one of those things where are you going to just release something that's going to cause a flurry of microtransactions through first party properties or sorry, you know, uh, intellectual properties here um, that are owned by Sony just to kind of make a quick buck? Because um, mm. that is essentially what the mobile market is when you look at it. I mean, look at Mario Run. Uh, you can play the first world for free, but then the rest of it you have to pay for. Uh, same with Mario Kart Live uh, on, oh, sorry, not Mario Kart Live, but the Mario Kart mobile game, was it? World Tour uh, on uh, mobile. It, it it just, it's again, a microtransaction filled yeah. piece of software. And that's, that's not to say that mobile is a, a bad platform for games. I, I've actually no. been playing 
I've been playing more on my phone and iPad than ever, just with the the controller uh, compatibility and that, and Apple Arcade with all the games coming to it. So I've been actually playing it a fair bit recently. And- oh no, I've, Apple. See, this is the thing. Apple yeah. Arcade kind of uses the same um, ecosystem as what Games Pass does. You pay yeah. a subscription fee and you get access to all these games, and that's it. There's nothing more, nothing less. Whereas now, release, I, I don't see Sony doing this because it's almost like no, no, they no, no. don't believe in a subscription-based gaming service. And yeah, while Jim Ryan has turned around and said, oh yeah, Game Pass might come to PlayStation, or sorry, a, a similar structured uh, infrastructure like Game Pass may come to PlayStation one day. He probably said that just to appease people. It's just oh, yeah. a way to kind of put PR, a good PR out there, good public image out there. So yeah, 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 we've got something in the works. No, you don't. Yeah. Don't. That's that's what we're talking about before when he said he should just lie. Well, he did it then. So yeah, well, he- that's, but that's the wrong way to do it <laughs> because we know when you're lying. But anyway. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> uh, Drew, the final story of the night comes by way of Shannon over at Press Start who says, PS5 exclusive definitely has been delayed until later this year. Uh, Bethesda's Arcane Studio has announced that its PS5 exclusive shooter death loop has been delayed until later this year. The game will now release in September. Uh, the game was originally supposed to launch alongside the PS5 before it was delayed until May and has now been delayed until September 14th. Uh, the announcement was made on the game's Twitter page alongside a video with the messaging suggests that the team need more time to further polish the game to bring it to life. I haven't got high hopes for Deathloop. I didn't have high hopes when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sucks for Betson because he put it on his draft list. <laughs> Oh, better. <laughs> well, still September, so he's still okay. He's still good, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this is, uh, and this once again kind of puts that buffer, that buffer period where I'm like, okay, kind of, they've given themselves a little bit more time. Are we actually going to see it in September? I don't think so. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to tell, but like a lot of these, um, publishers they're just like putting dates on things that they can't meet because of covid and these situations the world's going through but just to follow up with another day she would hope that they're confident that they are going to hit it in september but you know who knows yeah it is um probably the most unfortunate thing about it is that you know i'm really looking forward to death loop the the, the, sorry the trailers at e3 and that definitely sold me on the game yeah um, but it's only going to be longer until it comes to Game Pass twelve that's, months later, and that's what so, I and that's what I thought so. too. Because yeah, fine, Deathloop is uh, being marketed and touted as the big PlayStation exclusive that's coming in September for like what six months until it lands on Game Pass, and then people forget it's not even on PlayStation. Yeah, it's a Bethesda property, you know. It's and and that's again and that's. Again, where we're leading here, like Bethesda are developing this game, and yeah, that's fine. But are they also being told? Can you work on like? Are they being told by higher ups now? Look, we understand Dev Loop and yada yada, but can you put that to the side and work on this for now so that it lands first on Xbox before you go ahead with Dev Loop on PlayStation? Do you think that might be something that they're they're working on, or? Uh, I think they've already paid for it. They. Yeah. The ink's on the paper. I think it's just, it's got to go through. And, you know, it's yeah. pretty unfortunate for Sony because I think a lot of people are just looking at what, what Sony were hoping, was hoping that this was going to be a big exclusive or well, timed exclusive for their platform. Now it's just looked at, ah, bugger it. I'll, I'll get it eventually when it's free to me. Yeah. 
No, I agree with you. Global gaming releases. All right, Drew. No video game reviews this week on the show. Just straight into the Dash Game of Global Gaming releases for the next fortnight, and we got a we got a few here that are quite interesting. Um, yeah, game well, releases. Th- there are a couple here that I really am looking forward to. Uh, sp- more near the end of the month. So, but l- <laughs> let me go through them. Uh, Demon Skin on PC April thirteenth. Forgotten Fields on PC April fourteenth. Uh, Tarsomachi Tarsomaki. Behind the Twilight, PC on April 14th. Ashwalkers on PC April 15th. Godstrike on PC and Switch April 15th. Shadow Man Remastered on PC April 15th. Saga Frontier Remastered on PC, PS4, Switch, iOS, and Android April 15th. MLB The Show 21. Yeah. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S. Never thought I'd be saying that on April 20. Mars Maker PC. Uh, PC VR and PSVR, April 20. MotoGP 21, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and Nintendo Switch on April 22nd. Atelier Mysterious Trilogy Deluxe Pack, PC, PS4 and Switch April 22nd. Buildings Have Feelings 2, PC, (laughs) PS4. (laughs) That one actually looks alright. I I haven't minded some of the trails on that one. That looks alright. PC, PS4, Xbox One and Switch April 22nd. And these are the two that I'm looking forward to. Near Replicant on PC, yeah. PS, mm-hmm. PS4, and Xbox One, April 23rd. And Judgment, the remastered, remastered edition, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and Stadia, whoever the hell has Stadia still, on April 23rd. <laughs> but there you go, Drew. That is the Dash Gamer Global Gaming releases for the next fortnight. We've got a nice lofty list there. Very nice. Anything that you're looking forward to on that one? Um... I think what was that? What was that uh, game? Was it was it called God Slayer? What remind me? I was looking at that on the oh Switch the, the the one that I was the one that I just reviewed. Uh, the the Legend of Heroes Trials of uh, Trials of Cold Steel. No, it wasn't that one. But that game oh. looks cool too. That okay. game looks cool too. I'm actually jumping. Oh, into God the Strike! Atelier. God Strike! God Strike! Yeah, that actually looks pretty cool. I might give that a go. That's only like twenty one bucks or something. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so I might give that a go. Very nice. We'll see. Hot, hot. <laughs> are you looking? Are you gonna look into near replicant? Yeah, I would like to. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm about to jump into Atelier Riser at the moment, though. Yes, so that, that, that's that's going to take up a lot of my time. So I'm going to be jumping into that. <laughs> fantastic game. Fantastic. We reviewed that uh, a while ago. Thanks to the kind folk over at Turn Left. But yeah, no, fantastic game. I'd highly, highly recommend that one. Yeah, guys. If you didn't know, this has been the Dash Gamer Podcast, our bi-weekly gaming podcast where I sit down and talk to the boys about the world of video gaming. You can follow Mr. Drew Agnew at iDrewby and also at the House of Mario. You can follow myself on Twitter at Dash Gamer. Don't forget to follow the show over on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings. They surely help us out. And also catch the VOD over on DashGamer.com and on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Give us a like. Leave us a comment. Surely helps us out. Drew, another one for the books. Yeah, this was fun. That's it, man. Another six weeks and I'll see you again. You will, maybe. Definitely. If you if you can find me, I might be off the rails by then. <laughs> well, I hope I do see you in six weeks, mate. But until then, I hope you all stay safe, take care of each other, and wear a mask, I used to say. I guess we're kind of we're kind of in a situation now we don't have to, so that's all right. But wash those yeah. hands. Put your mask in your pocket in case you do need it. That's it. But wash your hands. Wash your hands. Keep those hands clean. Make sure you do because yeah. pandemic. Still have yeah. 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 <laughs> Au revoir, merci beaucoup. <laughs>
<lacht> Merci beaucoup. <lacht>